Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. Today's topic, Jesus' two processions. Jesus of Nazareth was a central figure in two processions in Jerusalem that last week before his death. The first was his entering into Jerusalem on a donkey on the first day of the week. Later that same week, on Thursday or Friday, he journeyed to the place of his execution, carrying the crossbeam to the hill of skulls, until he stumbled under it, and another was compelled to carry it the rest of the way. The week of Jesus' death on the cross began with a procession that we now call Palm Sunday. It marks Jesus' symbolic announcement of his kingship in fulfillment of prophecy. All four gospel narratives relate the event, and it is named the Triumphal Procession. Matthew relates the incident this way. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs him, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Matthew 21. The significance of this event is that Jesus was openly declaring that he was their king and Messiah that they had been waiting for. The crowds exclaimed, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. John 12, 13. Their belief that Jesus the prophet from Nazareth was the Messiah, was grounded on his miraculous works in accordance with what the prophet Isaiah had predicted. Isaiah 35. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy, for waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Matthew was an eyewitness to Jesus showing all these signs in his great miracles of compassion during the three years that they had been together. However, it was probably the latest miracle of Jesus, the last before this date, the raising of Lazarus from the dead after four days that captured the people's emotions. In fact, John writes in John 12, the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they had heard he had done this sign. Listen to the words of this hymn. You are the king of Israel, great David's royal son, now in the Lord's name coming, his own anointed one. The people of the Hebrews with palms before you went, 
To you before your passion, they sang their hymns of praise. The healing miracles of Jesus showed that the kingdom of God had come. Jesus deliberately and publicly announces his kingship by riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and receiving the praises of the people. His actions also indicate the kind of king he is. He is a humble king, not a military conqueror. The salvation he brings is not political, but spiritual in nature. The people are blind to these indicators. Jesus immediately asserts his kingship by going to the temple. Mark tells us that he went to the temple, he looked around, and then he retired because it was late. However, the next day, when Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers, Luke 19. Thus began two days of intense exchanges between Jesus and the religious authorities in which they challenged his claims, and he answers them with the words of wisdom that assert and prove his claim to be the Son sent from the Father. David's descendant and David's Lord. Every day he was teaching at the temple, but the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him, yet they could not find any way to do it because all the people hung on his words. Luke nineteen forty seven. Listen to another hymn by Henry Milman. Ride on, ride on in majesty is all the crowd's hosanna cry. Through waving branches, slowly ride, O Savior, to be crucified. Ride on, ride on in majesty, in lowly pomp, ride on to die. O Christ, your triumph now begin with captured death and conquered sin. Ride on, ride on in majesty, the angel armies of the sky look down with sad and wandering eyes to see the approaching sacrifice. Ride on, ride on in majesty, the last and fiercest foe defy. The father on his sapphire throne awaits his anointed son. Ride on, ride on in majesty, in lowly pomp ride on to die. Bow your meek head to mortal pain, then take, O God, your power and reign. Jesus' second procession occurs toward the end of that week. His prelude was his arrest in the garden when Judas arrived in the middle of the night, leading a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priest and the elders of the people. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas the high priest where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. Following a night of interrogations, Jesus is led early in the morning bound to the residence of the Roman governor Pilate. The Jewish leaders with the crowd demand that he be crucified. The high priest Caiaphas had found Jesus guilty of blasphemy because he had truthfully asserted his messiahship in the words of Daniel 7. However, the Roman government would not carry out capital punishment on religious grounds, so they charged Jesus with being king of the Jews and a rival to Caesar. Following a tense morning of questioning by Pilate in which Jesus made no response but remained silent, Pilate, exasperated, explodes. You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. With these words, Jesus indicts Judas 
and the chief priest in Jewish court. Pilate had already had Jesus flogged, though he had said he was innocent of any crime. He tried to mollify the crowd with some bloodshedding before his outburst. Pilate's actions were contrary to his words and showed vacillation. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I'm bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he's made himself the son of God. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself on this? Or did others tell you this about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate there said for, to him, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I've come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Because of this, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard the saying, he brought Jesus out, and he sat down on the judgment seat in a palace that is called the pavement, Gabbatha in Hebrew. And that was the preparation day of the Passover, and about the sixth hour, that's 12 noon, our time. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Pilate therefore wishing to release Jesus, again called out to them. But they shouted, saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! And he said to them a third time, Why? What evil has he done? I found no reason of death in him. I have therefore chastised him and will let him go. But they were insistent, demanding that he be crucified. And the voice of these men and of the chief priests prevailed. So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, gave sentence that it should be as they requested. And he released to them Barabbas, the one they requested, who for insurrection and murder had been thrown into prison, but he delivered Jesus to them, to their will, to be crucified. Thus begins the second procession of Jesus as king. It is called the way of sorrows. It is the journey undertaken by Jesus, starting at the place where Pilate sentenced him to death and ending on Mount Golgotha. It's recorded by all four gospel writers. Here's a combination of those testimonies. Then when they, the soldiers, 
had mocked him. They took the purple robe off of him and put his own clothes on him and led him away to be crucified. So they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called a place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha. Now as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simeon, a Cyrenian, who was coming from the country. And on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And a great multitude of the people followed him. And women also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming to which they will say, Blessed are the barren. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills, cover us. There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, or Golgotha, which translated is a place of a skull, we call it Calvary, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he tasted it, he would not drink. Now we should note, they offered Jesus the wine mixed with gall to stupefy him and to deaden the sense of pain as they were about to drive the nails in his hands and feet. But he refused it. Then they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And the soldiers sat down to watch him die. On the last week before he died and was buried and rose again, there were two processions of Jesus through the streets in Jerusalem. The first on Sunday with the disciples and crowds hailing him as Lord Messiah. And secondly, his march through the streets on the night of his betrayal and in the morning of the next day as he's marched to the mountain where he's hung on a cross for us people and our salvation. Hear the words of Jesus himself. Mark 10, 45. Even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In Mark eight forty four, Jesus calling the crowds to him with his disciples said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Can you join with Paul and me in saying, Far be it from me, except to boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Can you do that? Can you join with Paul, with me? Far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. And the next time, remember that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. On a personal note, if you're blessed by this broadcast, 
would like to request that you notify someone else. Invite them to listen to the podcast, Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. It will be a delight to hear from you, to know how God might be using this broadcast in your life. Thank you.